0: Watch the news for five minutes. Walk down your street for 10 minutes. Read the internet for two seconds. Look around. The world has changed. What if you were brave enough to just leave it? One man is that brave, and he's taken his family with him. This is The Boat Plan. Aaron Correll has had enough. He's got a 1977 45-foot sailboat. And in October of 2024, his wife, his three children, and their two dogs are saying, see ya. Bye-bye. Goodbye. You'll hear about it every step of the way right here. And now, your host, Aaron Correll.
1: Welcome, ladies and gents, boys and girls, it's Aaron Carell, and this is another episode of The Boat Plan. Today, I think we're going to talk about why we chose our 1977 Fuji 45 as the sailboat to transport us around the world. And I'll go into a very brief overview about what types of boats uh, one could choose if you wish to do this yourself. I am by no means an expert. And, but this is the knowledge that I've ascertained from all the research I've done. Basically, there were two general types of boats you could choose from. One is a monohull, which is what we have. The other one's a catamaran. Two holes connected together. And the catamaran is what I initially wanted. They're much bigger, a lot more space, And they're like floating apartments on the ocean. But they are a lot more expensive. I read endless forums and debates online about which one's safer, the catamaran or the monohull. The catamaran people would say they're faster, they can outrun storms. If they flip over in the ocean, one hole can keep you afloat so the boat doesn't sink. The monohull people will say, your boat will flip over in the ocean and ours won't. Or, if the monohull does flip over, which would be very rare, but it could happen, the weight of the keel will upright itself. In a properly maintained monohull, the chances of sinking would be very slim. Ultimately, for mainly financial purposes, there's two reasons we went with the monohull route. One, money. Catamaran for what? We would be looking at would be at least a few hundred thousand dollars, and unfortunately, did not have that type of cash. Still don't. So that brought us to the monohull plan. The other reason I really felt good about the monohull idea is, like I said in the other episode, we're going to be pretty much traveling middle latitudes of the Earth seasonal following seasonal weather patterns and we can thereby avoid pretty much any major storm when i researched all the boats going to antarctica south america bottom of australia in these crazier areas of the world where storms can creep up on you large wind speeds big waves There is not one catamaran that I've seen that's ventured down there. They're all monoholes. And that gave me enough reason to conclude that the monohole is the safer way to go. So now we've narrowed our choice down to the monohole boat size-wise. Uh, 40 to 50 feet seemed to be the range that would fit us. Once you get above 50 feet, prices of the boat really start to escalate um, and everything costs more. But plenty of boats, 40, 50 foot range. And then you can choose a steel boat, which is on the rarer side, but most boats... fiberglass and that's the way we went when researching the production of fiberglass boats it appears that in the earlier years 60s 70s they were not quite as aware of the like how strong fiberglass was therefore they very carefully sandwiched all the fiberglass layers together and they built the holes really thick if you move forward later years 80s 90s from what i've gathered a lot of production boats the hole is much much thinner because um, they know it's strong however if you hit something you're more likely to put a big hole through it therefore The search was on for 40 to 50-foot fiberglass boat, probably built in the 70s. And I looked every day, Craigslist, Yacht World, any site that would sell a boat across the entire world. And that just kept going on and on, and I'd see one and get excited. Looked at a few of them. Um, One of the boats we looked at, this is why I love Liz. There was an Islander 36 for sale, and the guy just wanted to get rid of it for 12,000 bucks. And she's like, let's go buy it. And I was like, I don't know if that's the boat we're going to take around the world, but eh, let's go look at it. Anyway, it was a great boat. We almost bought it. There was a couple ahead of us that got there about 15 minutes before we did, and they bought it immediately. So that avoided that purchase of that boat, but it was nice. Um, fast forward a little bit, and there's this doctor I work with who sailed across the Pacific with his family. He'd constantly send me the links to boats that were for sale, and he sent me one that said 1977 Fuji 45, and the subject line from him was, this could be a good deal. In the meantime, there was a couple of travel nurses that worked where I work and they owned a Fuji 45 and they had sailed all over California, I think to Alaska, but I'm not sure, Um, but definitely down to Mexico and they loved it. They raved about it. It's built in Japan. Uh, I can't remember how long it was built for but 76 or 77 was the first production year and they built a decent amount of them but it wasn't mass mass quantities but the people that own them seem to love them it's like this little cult-like following anyway though that travel nurse couple told me They had a friend that might be selling their Fuji 45 in the Delta like a year from now. And the boat that the doctor sent me happened to be from that owner. Then I felt things were just kind of falling into place. I come across a boat that was great build quality, known for being like a robust beast. I knew people that owned it. And I knew the people that knew the owner of this boat. Either way, it was priced great. Um, Went out to go see it, and the boat had been, the boats were built in Japan. This boat had been to New Zealand, it looked like, in Alaska, Mexico, not sure where else. Ended up in the Bay Area, early 2000s from what we can tell. And the previous owners had outfitted it very well for crossing oceans. It had a wind vane, autopilot, solar, inverter, a water pump, VHF radio, EPIRB, single sideband radio. It's a catch rig, so it has two masts. And I have a total of, I think, eight or nine sails in the sail inventory. Um, and the boat was, you know, it was just this solid, it felt like a battleship when we took it out on the Delta. It was dirty though, dirty and old and needed some love, needed some cleaning. But when we went to go get it inspected, we pulled up to the dock and there's two separate people that were like, oh, is that a Fuji? Is that a Fuji? like, yeah. And he's like, oh, can I come aboard? And he looked down below and he's like, this thing is beautiful. This thing is built across oceans. And inside, my little heart started glowing with a fire. And I was in lust with this thing. And Liz, my wife, such a good sport. <laughs> she met me the next day Looked at it and said, All right, Aaron, let's get it. Let's do it. And with that, we bought the boat. We bought the Fuji 45, and that's going to be the battleship that takes us around the world. Until next time, it's Aaron.
0: You've been listening to the boat plan. In October of 2024, Aaron, his wife, Their three kids and two dogs will board a 1977 45-foot sailboat and become off the grid. Getting out into the world, seeing the world, living life, and you get to hear about it every step of the way right here. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If so, make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime... Find us on Instagram, YouTube, and at the webpage, all at The Boat Plan. Till we meet again, sail away from the safe harbor. Catch the trade winds in your sails. Explore. Dream. Discover. See you next time on The Boat Plan.